You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth living, OJ, Juice Man, ooh, this is strictly for them true fans, dog fans, number one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, welcome back to the Fish Tank, presented by iHeartRadio, right here on the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, Seth Levitt, and my main man, OJ McDuffie, Juice, this is like, I was talking about going next level. <laughs> this is a whole different thing that we got going on. Yeah, here. It really I, is, man. It really is, man. It brings me back to my childhood days. We're about to talk about today, yeah. as well as my dolphins, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Both, yes. both things, both. all of that. So our guest today, you might know him as AJ Francis. If you're a big time Miami Dolphins fan, University of Maryland fan, yep. you will remember AJ Francis as a defensive lineman. But if you are a WWE fan, some of the craziest fans in the world. Some of the, cra- <laughs> Some of the craziest sure. fans in the world. Top dollar is in the fish tank. Yeah. Repping Hit Row. You know what I'm saying? Everywhere. We got to everywhere I go, you know, as a hero OG, I have to. You know, that's that's part of the life. But the thing is, it's like, it's funny because between Maryland and Miami and the WWE, like when people come up to me and they know me from somewhere, based on what they're telling me, I know where they- Oh, you can figure that out know, quickly. Along the way, where they- <laughs> So like, what's a tell? What's, what's something where you're like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, so, uh, well, the Uber thing for sure is, yeah. a, is a dead giveaway. Right, okay. Um, you know, um, especially like Maryland stuff, uh, like we're gonna talk about later, I've been rapping my whole life. Yeah. I rapped when I was here. Uh, I made like um, University of Maryland anthem that played for all at all the sports games and all sports events. So like if they come up singing Fear the Turtle, I know where it's from. <laughs> you know what I'm so for sure. it depends on it depends on the different levels of how they interact. But yeah, for yeah. Sure. And if they're pissed off, you know, it's probably they know top dollar the top shotter. <laughs> right. Who hotter, not nada. Oh, you know I, love it. I love it. Yeah, usually that's that. My favorite thing to do is uh, you know because you guys know I'm, I'm a nice guy, but like my role in the WWE is a heel. Like my role is to piss everybody off. Some people play heel and they like to, you know, they're heels and they're being bad guys. They do bad things, but they actually want the crowd to like, like them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, is that because I understand the, the, the psychology of, if you don't like me at all, it don't matter who I'm fighting, you like them. Right. And the point is for you to like them. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right, right. That's the part that a lot of people miss that, though. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> good stuff. You know, AJ, we, we saw an interview where you said that top dollars, basically, AJ Francis in the WWE. Yeah. You know, and um, that the character is basically just all, you being authentic, being Absolutely. yourself, which uh, works out perfectly for us because we want to learn a lot about top dollar, but we mm-hmm. also want to discuss some of the Miami Dolphins experience right. you had down here. And it seems like uh, all the roads, be mm-hmm. the Pioneer City. Yeah, I'm telling you. Yeah, that. tell us a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and also, you know, how it shaped you as A.J. Francis slash Top Dollar. You know, I'm very grateful that I had both my mother and my father in my life. You know, growing up in Pioneer City, growing up in Severn, Maryland, I mean, it depends on the day how everything's going. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything can, can flip at the drop of a hat. And when you grow up in that lifestyle and you grow up around people that are actively trying to get you to a better and bigger place than you are currently. Um, That can shape your mindset. So like my dad was huge in my life growing up as a kid. He was the reason I was always involved in sports. He's a coach. Uh, He works in the public school system too as a counselor. Um, He used to work in special ed. Uh, So like he does a lot in our community as well as now I do in our community uh, back in Severn. But he understood that like my potential was bigger than where I was. And he put me in positions to be able to capitalize on that. Whether that be when I went to high school in DC, like I was the only person within 30 miles of where I lived that went to Gonzaga all the way in DC. Everybody else lived a lot closer. But my dad understood the concept of bigger and better opportunities for his son than he ever got. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And there's not, that's a, that tends to be like a lot of times people can't see outside their own scope. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And my dad recognized what I was capable of. So fast forward, I'm at Gonzaga 
And that was the first time I really realized, like, I was always good at sports as a kid, but, like, I knew other people that were good at sports. You know, I wasn't the only good player that I played. Right. Like, but when I got to high school and I went to Gonzaga, and Gonzaga's in the WCAC, it's everywhere from Stefan Diggs, you know, played at Gun Council in, in uh, the WCAC, like... Three dudes on my senior class at Gonzaga played in the NFL for five plus years. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So like the, that conference is loaded. And I would go there and as a freshman, I was on varsity. And a freshman hadn't been on varsity in like right. 20 years. Right. So then from that point, I'm like, oh, I can really do this. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I could, I could really make something out of this. And that's when I kind of started fueling that destiny that I wanted to see for myself. And went through Gonzaga, it was great. Decided to go to Maryland over some other bigger schools because I believed in the coaches staff and I believed that they believed in me and Played four years at Maryland came out thought I was gonna get drafted. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure Thought I was yeah. <laughs> Was it drafted? Yeah. That's kind of soul-crushing when you're at a draft party mm. with 40 people and you don't get drafted. Yeah. Oh, man <laughs> Yeah, uh, not everybody has that no. first round, right. you know. That, no, uh, there it is. So not everybody always, has that. Always right? sneak you know? that in, don't you think so? <laughs> I was going to let it go. But yeah, at least. It's okay. Hey, I you know, got to choose. No, no. He is, so for some reason, <laughs> top dollar. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man, this thing is turning. This yeah, thing is turning. But, like, yeah, so did I, I, uh, I ended up signing with Miami. Um, I don't know you want to talk about that. And then uh, – like signed with Miami, went down and came here just with a hope and a dream and an opportunity, made the most of it. And six years later, I was I ended my career yeah. after six years in the NFL. I mean, not a lot of people can say they played six years in the league. Right, right. right. You know, I want to talk about the Gonzaga um, College High School you went to, man, because I had a similar situation myself where my mom made me go mm -hmm. 30, 40 minutes away from my mm -hmm. home, you know. And I, but I went on, a, you went on a bus too, right? I went on a train. On a train, I went on a bus, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It was a couple hours train. away, man. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was a doozy. And you get there and you see some of these kids driving these nice uh -huh. cars, barely old enough for to sure. drive and stuff. But, sure. you know, look what it did for us, mm -hmm. no matter and, what. And what it also does, and I didn't appreciate it at the time, but I recognize it now as someone with means is like, you know how it is. If you hang around people that got money, you're going to find ways to get money. If you hang around people that don't, you're going to find ways to not. Correct. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to my friend's houses and seeing their parents and asking, what do you do? What do, you do? Right. As and a high school, right. as a high school yeah. like, what do you do? Like, this house is crazy. Right. Like, what do you right. do? Yeah, how did this He's happen? like, oh, I'm into real estate. Oh, uh, you know, I'm a dentist. Oh, and I'm like, damn, you right. get money like this? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so who said that they were a WWE ref? No, no. <laughs> Not a one. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> I had to get in my own way. You had yeah. to take it your own way. I love it. And I'm going to tell you, talk about some of those houses, man. That was, that was important for me, too. Yeah. You, you never knew how... Honestly, how the other, other half live until you go to some of these house parties or yeah. you know, go to a friend's house. You're like, wait a minute, this is this, this is, is real? your house? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like what? Yeah. So All right. It gave us an opportunity to dream big. Yeah. So what I find intriguing is how just how wide ranging your personality is. You know, Juice just said that Top Dollar mm -hmm. is authentically you. Yeah. You know, let's let's think about this, right? So talented football player, we covered that. Musical theater in high mm -hmm. school. Sure. You're a rapping villain now in, yeah. in the mat. Uh, you got your degree in government and politics. Yeah. Like none of these things seem to connect <laughs> if you just look at them, right? Yeah, that's you, true. Poetry, that's what got us mm -hmm. connected, right? Writing poetry. But all of this, it's not like you just picked these things up as you went. These, mm -hmm. All of these things were kind of a part of you from day one. Yeah, I mean, I've been rapping since I was, I've been, and people think this is crazy, but this is true. I've been rapping longer than I've been playing football. Well, I've been rapping longer than I've been wrestling. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been rapping since I was 12 years old. Mm. First line I wrote was on special delivery, right? So, like, I I'll never forget that. Yeah. So, it's like, <laughs> I've been doing that so long that it's always kind of been a part of that. Like, musical theater is learning the art of performance. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I honed my acting skills, which you need because sometimes, guess what? You don't feel great, but there's... 18,000 people out there and they're here to be entertained. So yeah. go out and get it done. You know what I'm saying? Football. Like, it's not like in football, same thing. <laughs> same thing. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like the, the 13th day of training camp is a lot worse than the first. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So like, so like, you just got to go out and get it done. Like even going on to when we, uh, the poetry that I was doing in Miami, like rap is literally rhythm and poetry. Like that's what it is. So it's like, I was honing my own writing skills because now looking back all that time, like 
acting, wrestling, football, you know, basketball, other sports, other things that I do, like the one constant throughout that whole time is I'm always writing. Mm. Like I'm in my spirit, I'm a writer and I write for other people. Like, so it's like on the drive here, I was writing, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm constantly, my brain does not shut off for, like, I don't want to say scripture, but it, it don't shut off. So it's just constantly going. So it's like, I've found a way to make that my life now. You know what I'm saying? Like I've found a way as a character to be able to put that over, how to be able to find a way to give the things that is just God given that I never asked for. And it's part of how I make everything I do work. And that's why I feel like I'm more blessed than anything. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And it, but the power of yeah. being able to utilize words, man. man. Yeah, man, I'm telling you like words changed my life. So, so with that being said, do you write a lot of your script? You write all your we, script? Well, the good thing that I, and people don't know this, this might be the first time anybody ever hears this, but um, WWE's never wrote nothing for us, like ever. Like they don't ask to. The, the us is in Hit Row. Hit Row. Okay. They never have. Um, they never asked us what, they've never asked us to say what they want to say. Like they'll tell you bullet points, this is what you got to get across. Yeah, right, this right. is what we're trying to, you know, sell. This is what we're trying to portray. But as far as what we say, it's always been us. And that's directly from Triple H. Like the first time we debuted as Hit Row, we were sending him vignettes for, vignettes or like video packages for like character ideas. And we were sending him those for like a year mm. before Hit Row debuted on NXT, right? So. He saw what we could do with words and videos, and he saw that already. So when we debuted our first day, we had a writer. Who the, I love the writer. Uh, he's a good person, and he's cool. But, like, he wrote something for us to say. And we, like, kind of cleaned it up a little bit, but we were basically going to say that. Because we didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Right, we're, right, trying to, right. we're not trying to step on nobody's toes, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, this is your big shot. So then he found that out. He being Triple, Triple H. Triple H, I'm sorry. Triple H found that out, that they wrote something for us, and he came and he was like, don't ever write anything for them. Like, mm -hmm. let them say what they want to say because we can't, he we've had this conversation personally. Like he knows he's not the one to try to say for me what I need to say. He can't capture your voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he, and it's not just me, be fab, it's the all hit row. And like, he recognizes that that's how, he's a genius. That's why he's in the position he's in. Right. You know what I'm saying? He recognizes that. So since that day, everything that we've ever said has been us. Which is cool, like even when they give us promos, like, all right, this is what we got to do. This is like, it'll literally, we, we've done promos with other people and it'll be like lines of what everybody has to say or what they want people to say. And it'll be like, hit row raps here, you know what I'm saying? And then we just come up with what we're going to do. What's everybody else saying? Like, well, damn. How I mean, but their, their thing is different. There's just speaking. They're probably right. having yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. written for them too, though. Also, some people, some people <laughs> yeah. too, but yeah. it's, it's more just, they're just speaking. Right. Like they don't want to write rhymes for us. You know what I'm saying? Like. It would be it would be easy to tell. That's why they understand that, and that's why I appreciate everything that they do. Cause like I get to be authentically me. Right. You said top dollars yeah. is AJ Francis turned up to eleven. It is yeah. like that's that's who I am. I go out there. I don't like over prepare for nothing. I don't like. I just know that when I'm out there, I'm gonna be a performer, and everyone else out there is gonna have to try to outperform me. And if they do, we're all gonna. Right. Rise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's going to be great. The whole situation is going to be great, but you're going to have to. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm -hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet.
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Man, Mix, that's, that's, a, that's a lot right there, that's man. That's a lot. That's a lot yeah. to bring in right there, man. On 11, yeah, like Right. Yeah. And I'm not even I'm not even quite sure. You know what? Let's go back to some football. My okay. fallback. We'll go back okay. a little football. We'll weave. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, you know, Gonzaga College, high school, and then you stayed home mm-hmm. with the University of Maryland. Yep. It's cool with me, you know, being mm-hmm. the Big Ten, it, it worked. Being a Penn State guy myself, you know what I mean? Shout and out Franklin, right, too. That's right. Franklin's my guy. I know. Yeah, he was, was he? He was offensive coordinator that's, when that's I was at right. Maryland. That's right, he was, man. Yeah, he right. was. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. And then he goes from there, he balls at Vanderbilt, goes to Penn State. That was killing us almost every year. Yeah, well, we did that when I played, too. But anyhow, though you mentioned a little bit that the draft rolls around and you don't get drafted. Don't. Having a party, you know what I mean? Very embarrassing. But you invite people to your draft party, you don't get drafted, it's very embarrassing. Right. So, yeah, like, what are we talking about now? You better not say another word, Seth, because I know where you're headed right there, man. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, we've been there right. on it. This episode. Correct, yeah. correct. But, you know, so free agency starts uh-huh. then. In 2013, you know, free agency starts. What led you to the Dolphins? You know, <laughs> we're, we're talking a little bit. And I understand it's a, a few dollars. Yeah. Top dollars. Top let, dollars. Let, let so, that's why it's hilarious. My character's top dollar right now. But <laughs> let me be clear. A year before I was in the NFL, I had negative money in my bank account. I was broke. I had no money. Everything I got was off Pell Grant. I had no bread. I couldn't get a job because I had no time. And when I did have a job, like, it was ruining my sleep schedule because I was working security at a nightclub in D.C. And I wouldn't even get home till 3, 4 in the morning. And then I got to wake up at 7 to go to breakfast and start my whole day. It was just... It was not functional. No so, NIL deals. No point. NIL deals. Oh, hey, man. man, I would have loved. Oh, man. I would have made so much. I wouldn't have been Stephon Diggs. I wouldn't have got millions of dollars, but I'd have got way more than I had in college. <laughs> I tell you what, but I'd have been able to spend some money out of that. But yeah, um, I was in my, I was uh, at my draft party, and I was getting calls throughout the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, the Saints called me. They were like, we're going to be, uh, pick a D end or a D tackle, and I think they drafted the D end from Princeton. And I was like, that was like the first gut wrench. I want to say that was like the sixth round or something, maybe fifth. Then I realized as it was going on, like I wasn't going to get drafted. Like I could just see the writing on the wall. You so get was, to a point where you hope you don't at that point, though? That's a myth. Yeah. Uh, people say, oh, it's better if you don't get drafted. Because we yeah. then you can then you can go where you we want, want which go. is true. Right. But if a team drafts you, even if it's in the seventh round, that is a that is an investment in you. Yeah. A lot of players sign as undrafted free agents, get zero dollars to sign. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like right. that is not an investment. Me personally, I was gonna go to, to Miami for five thousand dollars as my signing bonus. $5,000 was the offer. I was like, cool. I had other offers from like the Lions, the Chargers, uh, uh, the, the Giants, a bunch of different teams. And uh, they, but 5000 was the most that I had offered at the time. So I was like, I'm going to take it. And it's Miami. <clears throat> I've lived in Maryland my whole life. Let's right. go. I'm with it. <laughs> right? So then uh, my agent calls the Lions back and tells him he's going to go to Miami. They offered him $5,000. And they say, all right, well, we can offer 7000 Okay. And I'm like... <clears throat> Seven thousand, <laughs> mind you, I've never had seven thousand dollars at once Total in my right. life. Total right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, bet, let's do it. So he calls the Dolphins back and says, hey, he's gonna go to uh, Detroit for seven thousand. They were like, we can do seventy five hundred. Oh my god, five hundred more bucks. <laughs> sign, and it's Miami. Don't ask no more questions. Let's sign. Oh, we sign man. right there, there. for five hundred dollars. I made a. A completely life-altering decision for right. $500. But, man, $500 back then, it was – I could last, survive uh, a month and a half on $500 right, back right. then. You know what I'm saying? Put it to good use. Yeah. yeah. You, had that, you had that college experience, yeah. though. You know how to spread it around. Yeah, college what make you it work. mean? I know exactly how much for locals cost. I know exactly how much <laughs> chicken sandwiches cost. I know exactly how much – the Shanghai orange chicken and white rice cost. I know exactly how much these things cost. You got down to a science. I'm telling you. I, that's why I learned budgeting. You talk about my going to school, yeah. Use that 7500 up until they start serving the, the training table down there. Oh, uh, so. man. That was worth 7500 alone. Right. You know what I'm saying? For, For sure. sure. For sure. <laughs> that's great. So, all right. So, you, you get your $500 come up. Uh-huh. And then you come into camp. So, let's talk about that. That first year, and really your entire career here, Joe Philbin was the mm-hmm. head man. Yeah. That 2013 draft class in Miami mm-hmm. is not one that will go down as mm-hmm. one of the, you know, right. one of the most historic 
in this in this franchise's history. But let's talk about it. So you know, there was a it started with a guy in your own position group mm-hmm. with Deion Jordan. Deion, who um, was my roommate during camp. Was he really? Yeah, we were. So we were roommates during oh, camp. Boy. He loved those fat boy ice cream sandwiches. Yeah, he <laughs> loved those. Those are great. That's well, great. To hear. It was uh, definitely like it was. It was definitely <laughs> like uh, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. It was like a little bit of a. I don't want to. It was like a mind twist. Oh, that's not what I want to say, but I'm right. not, you know what right. I'm saying? I got you. So <laughs> he was like, you know, he was he was a high draft. He was a third overall pick. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. His signing bonus was like double digit millions. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Right. And I'm broke. You got 7,500 <laughs> bucks. And it's gone. <laughs> and right, I'm, right. I'm broke. That's crazy that they got room yeah. together. And we're room together. Yeah. So like, and he was cool. Like he, we, uh, he was cool to spend time with. I spent a lot of time with him over the, my time in, in Miami and, uh, you know, but it was weird because like I was going out there like busting it every day, and like he couldn't even practice. You know what right. I'm saying? It was mm-hmm. like a, it was just a weird dynamic. I was just like it really immediately like thrust you into this is the business of the NFL. Right? You know what I'm saying? It's like a shared experience yeah, really isn't. It's shared. not shared yeah. at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's That's not wild. shared. So, but we were roommates, and you know we got along great. You know we played video games. It was cool. Like we played video games. Right. And hate fat boys. Yeah, yeah. The difference is, and he was made no. promise to him. He always bought them. You know what I'm saying? Damn right. I did never had to pay for nothing. I'll take that. I'll take that at least. So you talk about the business in the NFL. So that was an interesting season because you were here and then I think you got through camp and then you were released. You were in New England for mm-hmm. a hot second and then you came back here uh-huh. and, and spent the next three years here. Yeah, it was funny because like that whole situation in New England was like the Dolphins were straight up with me and they were like, look, we want to keep you. We didn't expect you to be, frankly, they were like, we didn't expect you to be as good as you were. Right. Okay. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know what they had when they had me. Yeah. Because I went out that first Preseason and bald. They thought they right. got a steal with that extra right. 500. Yeah, 500 bucks. The most 500 bucks they ever spent in their life. Right? And they was trying to stash me on a practice squad. Like, they told me that. I'm in the building. Yeah. I'm sitting in the locker room waiting to hear waivers with other guys that are in the same situation that they're trying to put on practice squad. And they're like, all right, team meeting, let's go. And we're like, cool. And I get up, and everybody's walking out. He's like, no, 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 you can't. And I'm thinking I'm getting cut. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, some people, I'm thinking they're like, actually, uh, we don't want to sign you. And you just went through camp. You, you know saw people dropping like flies. Right. And I'm like, oh, man, that's tough. And he's like, nah, you, you can't go. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't go? He's like, you got claimed off waivers. And I was like, I did? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, if I'm not, like, 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 I knew I played good, but I know that I, I knew I played good. I knew, I mean, I watched tape too. So right. I knew I had a good preseason, but I didn't know. It was good enough for people to be some other, other teams, other teams yeah, to be like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. ball. And lo and behold, it's Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick says, hey, brings me up to New England, and they want to put me on the active roster. Now it ended up only being for a week, and then I end up spending three months on practice squad up there. But like, Bill Belichick, you're—I mean, Dolphins fans are going to hear this, but as a fan and a rep, someone who actually watches football, like Bill Belichick is a hell of a coach. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so for argue. you know, so for him to be like, yeah, I want you was like a double confidence boost for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? At that point, I'm like, oh, I had a great preseason, and I, oh, okay, cool. So then, that's when I really started believing, yo, I could really make a career out of this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like before, I believed in myself that I could get here, but you know how it is. Yeah. The funnel gets real tight when you get to the NFL. It's a lot of really good players in college, but They're when you coming. get to always coming. yeah, <laughs> it's a man. lot of them. Yeah. But it's uh, sometimes that system, sometimes yeah. that right place, right time. Sometimes that you got a dope quarterback and you're a receiver. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. So it's it's different things. You get here and it's completely different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So to be able to actually make a career out of it was amazing for me. Amazing. You know, you talk a little bit about that rookie class, but you talk about making it and all the vets that were around you mm-hmm. at that point. Oh, man. Man, you that think about your locker room. That D-line was special. I think we had the best D-line in the league. It had to be. You talk about guys like, go ahead, name them. Cam Wade, yep. Randy Starks, yep. Paul Soliai, yep. Olivier Vernon, yep. Jared Audrey, yep. Vaughn Martin. Yep. Like, that the list goes on, on and on. On and on. On and on. Like, yep. Derek Shelby. Yep. Like, like Deep. you know what I'm saying? Like, Shelby was a baller. Terrence Fiday ended up coming there, too. Like, <laughs> we ended up having some guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so, like, it was really cool to me, um, even, like, Earl Mitchell came my second year, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was deep. And I was, like, learning from dudes that were dope. Like, I was learning tricks of the trade. It's like I've been playing football my whole life. You know how, you know, you know how. Your coach. Your coach can tell you something 
15 times and if you b believe him you'll listen but eventually but like someone who is playing with you that is dope and they're like do this right. and it works right. you're like all right so Randy Starks a Maryland guy took me under his wing you know what I'm saying Paul Soli I I used to it was funny because like right when I got here he had just got paid Paul Soli had just got paid so he was really like in, in OTAs he could we ain't got pads on. He could throw people around all day if he wanted to. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Anytime he wanted to. But he's not out there doing that because he's not, for lack of a better terms, an ass. Right. right. So like right. he's being a good person. Right. But because of that, he was like he would have me as his backup in OTAs my rookie year take all his reps. Which at the time I didn't like. I did appreciate it because I'm going against the ones. I'm going against Pouncey. I'm going against you know what I'm saying like Richie. I'm going against Jer John Jerry. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going against guys that are actively playing in the NFL. It's helping me get better in my game. But I was also taking my reps. Yeah. So he right. knew that too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, he oh, yeah. Nice yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> he was. Like, I understand that part too. Right. right. So like he was. He was definitely doing his thing. But it was giving me ops. So like uh, it was cool to go under those guys' wing and then. The one that I haven't even mentioned yet, who was the most influential of all of them, was Casey Rogers, the D-line mm, coach. Yep. Oh yeah. Casey was the best coach I ever had. Like he broke down D-line play in a different way than I had ever had before or since. You know what I'm saying? And I played with a lot of really good D-line coaches too, like Jim Tom Sula and Greg, Greg Gattuso. But like, man, Casey used to always say, "Man, I make millionaires." <laughs> and he did. Yeah. Look at his track record. Yeah. Look at look at all the D-linemen that played for him. They made money. Yeah, Money, me yeah. too, myself included. Like, like he he was such a good part of that dude D-line room too, man. It was just great to learn. I feel like if I would have went to a different team, I wouldn't have been as good a player, because I feel like I I soaked so much in from that room. Right. You know what I'm saying? That. And then even later in my career, I got to play with Sue in that room. So yeah. it was like, right. You know what I'm saying? Like I even got even more there. So it was just. So when you, I mean, when you're making the decision, we know we talk about and kind of joke about five hundred dollars, but I mean, it wasn't joked then, I'm sure. But did you look at who was on that Detroit roster before that too in that position, or it just no, didn't matter? No, like. But I mean, because you honestly got to a yeah, place where a lot of guys. I knew the Dolph from. I knew the Dolphins D line was good because I follow Randy Starks because, like I said, he's Maryland. Right. So like I knew that, and I knew Cam Wake. He Cam Wake is another person that played in WCC, my high school conference. Oh, wow. he went, he went to, to Penn State too, but yeah, went to Penn State, and he went he's to the guy. Yeah, he went to. I throw it in there every time I get a yeah. chance. <laughs> Steph wants to bring Gators in there all the time. Yeah. I, and, and I, you I tried, I, dug, I, couldn't, yeah, I couldn't find anything. <laughs> couldn't find anything. Couldn't weave yeah. it in there. Good. So he, uh, but yeah, uh, like learning from that room, like I feel like it just made me so much better. And when I was signing, I was honestly being, just being honest, I've never even said this, but I was kind of intimidated, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because like, I'm going into a room that's already stacked. Yeah. How do you stand out? You know what I'm saying? How do you show that you have something to offer? And I was just like, every day, I'm gonna be as physical as possible. Right. I was like, every day, because right. I know, I, I, just through OTAs, I realized, right. guys are gonna take it off sometimes. Yeah. So, so you think about it. Soli, I kind of did you a solid. He thing, did. Man. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, that's a time, solid right there. Yeah, that was a solid. I was like, man, he take me. I'm tired. I'm getting all these reps. But That's the coaches are watching see. me tired go out against the ones yeah. right. and performing. Yeah, it was the best thing you could have did. You talk about a vet. I mean, a, a young buck going into a veteran situation. How, how does that parallel with you going into in the rest? Oh man, same thing. Yeah. I learned from some of the best best wrestlers like yeah. I was mainly trained by like John Cruz who uh he's a, a wrestler he also goes by Serpentico like I was uh trained by Billy Gunn um I was trained at the Devon Dudley um sure it was called Team 3D at the time but it's called Devon Dudley Academy now I learned from Devon and uh, a bunch of different guys that were there and it was cool because like they're connected in the business they are hall of famers in the WWE like they know a lot of people in the business so like you're in there one day working with them, and then the next day Haku comes in, and you know, like, you never know who's gonna come in. You know, right. you never know who you're gonna work with. And like, wrestling in this business is all about making connections. That's the number one thing. Young wrestlers ask me all the time. They're like, "How do I get into wrestling?" I say, "Go to wrestling school, and make connections. Your connections are gonna get you farther than anything." The reason I'm in WWE is because my boy Justin Leslie, who works, uh, who used to do social media for NXT, now he does social media for Hard Rock and Messi. Oh wow! Right? Uh, he got me tickets to go backstage. I mean, not backstage. He got me tickets to a, a, a private screening of the movie that came out about Paige, the wrestler, and. Uh, um, the Rock produced the movie, and like all of NXT was there, and I met the head coach at NXT 
met him, introduced myself, said I was from the NFL, said I've been training for wrestling, said uh, his name's Matt Bloom, said I was going to, I've uh, been training, I already trying to get a tryout, but, you know, it was just nice to make the connection. He told me, send him an email. Next day, he was like, all right, your tryout's in two months. Just like that. Like, and at that point, I'd only been training for three and a half months. So, but I was like, all right, cool. Like other people would be like, oh man, I don't know if I can get ready. Yeah. I was like, I got two months and right. I'm gonna be ready. You, right. get ready. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. I had that tryout in Stay April. Ready, get ready. I'm telling you, I got that tryout in April of 2019. They told me in uh, June of, of 2019, they were gonna sign me. And then I signed in January, 2020. And then right before the pandemic. So then everything went crazy. Right. Help us, cause I don't, I don't know the timeline. I don't know how that works. If you tell me what it took to, go from being a high school player to an mm -hmm. NFL player. We understand what yeah. that, but that seems like it's really quick. It was. So basically, I mean, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I know how it's supposed to look. I know what good wrestling looks like. Yeah. I know when the crowd is interested and when they're not. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've been in the crowd a lot of times at some of the biggest shows, WrestleMania 30, 32, 33, 34, 35. Damn. Like, I know what it looks like. So like, when I decided to go into wrestling, I knew that I had to get proper training from someone that was well-connected in the business. That's why I went to Team 3D, um, in order to train with guys that were connected in the business because you can go train with somebody that is a good wrestler. They could be a great wrestler. They could be an amazing wrestler. If they've never worked in WWE, they don't know how to get there because they couldn't do it themselves. Mm. <laughs> right. So I went and learned from people that were there and not just were there, but were successful, right? So that's, that's how I was trained. I was trained because there's different people outside the bubble don't know this, but if you go to a WWE show, it's a very different show than any other wrestling show on earth. And what makes it different? It's a television show. Like it is made as a television show. Got it. It's not made for some of the, you know, a biggest, of longest, wrestling matches you know what i'm saying right. like on smackdown usually the longest match of the night on smackdown usually is no longer than 15 minutes you know what i'm saying right. like usually sometimes there's they book crazy matches but usually the longest matches on smackdown are like 15 minutes you go to a wrestling show anywhere else in south florida and i promise you every match will be longer than that you know wow. what i'm saying so it's yeah. like <laughs> it's a, it's a, a lot of work. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not even just a lot of work. It's more about the entertainment aspect. It's more about it getting the crowd involved. Like, it's more about um, not just us two standing here. We're producing a television show. Yeah. You got to worry about your cameras. Okay, you got to worry about, okay, when I do this, where am I going to be? Where's the best shot? How can I make sure that it comes across to the two million people Literally at home? Blocking for the... Blocking. Yeah. Literally blocking. Like, the, one of the best things Triple H ever taught me was blocking. You know what I'm saying? Like where to be for certain things, how to stay poised and stay patient. Like one thing, if I give you a move, boom, I'm gonna stand there for a little bit and then react to the crowd because it takes time for the reaction of what happened here to reverberate to 20,000 people. And you gotta be able to play that with your ear. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's also how you tell if something's not working. Right. Yeah. You don't get booed for that. It, 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 <laughs> what, yeah, it what? You know what I'm so like, it, it, there's a, it's a different art form. You have to learn that from people that have been there. Otherwise, you come in because a lot of people come in and they're good wrestlers, but they don't know how to do what WWE wants them to do. You see what I'm saying? Like, Jey Uso, he's in the main event of SummerSlam after being a tag team guy for a decade. He's in a solo main event of SummerSlam against Roman Reigns in a tribal combat for the WWE Universal title, right? Like, that's what he's doing now. He's the one that always says, hey man, run the play. And it's crazy, just like football, hey man, coach might not call the play you want. But run the play. Run the play. <laughs> run the play. And he always he says it all the time. And he, for 10 years, he was a tag team with his brother, and they're probably the greatest tag team of all time. But now he himself is in the main event of SummerSlam. You know what I'm saying? Like, for a decade, he ran the play till he finally got the ball. You know what I'm saying? Now when you get the ball, you got to run with it. Right. Was, right. And he, that's exactly what he did. So, like, that. that's the transition for sure. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. So let's talk about something we discussed earlier and your relationship with words and rhyme mm -hmm. and poetry and rap. And because, uh, you know, it's funny, we saw Troy Maurer coming mm -hmm. in here and Troy introduced us back in like 2014 because mm. we had this poetry program, still have the poetry program for the Jason Taylor Foundation. I saw in your bio, loves poetry, which, mm -hmm. you know, you don't see that in defensive tackle no. bios often. Not that, you know, <laughs> I don't want to paint any pictures, but you don't see it often. So I was like, oh, how? And, uh, and you came out to the office, we mm -hmm. talked about it, we were going to do some work, and then, you know, life took you other mm -hmm. places. Yeah, I went to Seattle. We weren't Zooming. Oh, back here then. to here, yeah. and it kind of made the whole thing different. Yeah, we weren't Zooming back then. But you, as you said, it's been a part of your life since you were 12, but you brought it with you uh -huh. into WWE. Yeah. Talk about that and how you were able to... Uh, you know, infuse rap and poetry into the whole top dollar and hit row personality. And and I love that they give you guys the freedom to yes. do that. It's it's cool because like, like I said, I've been writing my whole life. Um, you know, I've been rapping since I was 12. So like being able to play a character in the show that I've always loved, that is literally the perfect combination of my athletic ability and my other interests yeah. is like the coolest job. Ever. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's what I've always wanted to do. Even when I was in the NFL, I knew I was going to WWE whenever I was done with my career. I have interviews with endless people in Miami talking about WWE. Like that was the plan. Like, that was always my plan. So, like, if I didn't make it in Miami after my rookie year, that was the very next right, step. Right, you know what I'm right. saying? It just got delayed a few years because right. it actually was successful. I kind of like that, because, you know, because some people are going to be accountants or bankers. Yeah. Right. He's, He's no. going for He's already ready. He had a no. contingency plan. Because I also know how WWE recruits. Like, I know what they look for. And former NFL is right up their alley. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, like... Well, 6'5", 300, and whatever. Also. Does it, like, I just, <laughs> athletic as that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you yeah. can As Casey Rogers, you say, you ain't going to find that at Walmart. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, so yeah, we're not just walking around. So, I, I understood what I could bring to the table. So, I was like, I, no matter when my football career ended, that was the next step, was to, was to uh, get into wrestling but like with the poetry stuff is like I always thought slam poetry was so dope because it's really just rap without a beat yeah and it's more like old school rap because it's storytelling right you know what I'm saying so it's being able to like you come up with and some people still do to this day but like you come up with a concept and you make something around that concept and then bring it full circle by the end you're telling yes. a story right and I always thought that was dope and I used to love going to slam poetry and I still do like I appreciate good artistry in all genres, whether it's wrestling, music, poetry. I'm, one of my favorite things to do is go watch live music. And mm -hmm. I don't even know this person playing at this restaurant, but I'm here because I know he'll be here. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's my thing. So like, now, to be able to do that as a persona, like a bigger than life character on yeah. my favorite TV show that I had as a kid, SmackDown, you know what I'm saying? Like, I grew up, the reason I'm here today is because of The Rock, also Miami Connection. Yeah. Like, like The Rock is, I fell in love. I loved Hulk Hogan as a kid, and then when he went to WCW, I was just always loyal to WWE. I would still watch WCW, but like, my main focus was WWE. So, then I saw The Rock, and I just loved him, mm -hmm. like from jump. Everyone was chanting, die, Rocky, die, at Rocky <laughs> Maivia, and I didn't understand why. I was like, what is your problem? Like, I don't get it. And then, you know, he ends up becoming the biggest star in the history of wrestling, right? So it's like being able to be on his TV show that he named, because yeah. he would lay the smack down on people, and play this character that's really just a step of, above my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is me, but it's <clears throat> me as a character, not me the person. That's the coolest part to me. And then you're writing all these things. You're actually being able to utilize that. The, the social media stuff is crazy, crazy. And, and the fact they use it in the shows. Mm -hmm. How much is pre-written and how's your freestyle game? My freestyle game is always dope. Always. Always. But like, the thing is, it's like, when I pre-write, if I know I'm doing something that's going to be like, like when I did... Uh, Shade 45 with DJ Who Kid. Like, I recognized that was a, a gigantic opportunity. 
So, yeah, I'm freestyling, but that's already here. Right, right, right. This is a verse I've known for years, and right. it's just sitting in the back of my mind waiting to be Ain't used. you got to get ready if you stay. You know what I'm right right. Right. Well, if anything's sitting in the back of your mind before we, uh, we cut here, you know, we still have some more questions. I mean, I'm sitting here with the Dolphins, and like a shark, man, we all swim. And you know, if you ever need top dollar and you got a lot of money on the line, all you got to do is call him. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> With 500, yeah. though. Yeah. 500. <laughs> hey, still to this day, if you got 500 for me, I probably <laughs> just might get it done. You know, there was something else, and we talked about this a little bit, too, that the part-time Uber driver, uh-huh. that came to my attention, yeah. you know? Which is and, crazy. Yeah. That was something, like, of all the things that I went viral for, and done, <laughs> like, it was, that was the one that I was, like, didn't see coming. Right. It just, like, right. exploded. Right. I, I couldn't believe it. What, what, what made you do it? What made, what, I was broke before I got to, like, I got to the NFL. But this is 2015. Yeah, I've still. only been in the NFL two years. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I started from zero. So it was either. You said negative, you yeah, thought, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I started from absolute zero. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I went from that to I made good money my first year. But you know how it is. You don't really, you get a, like, a per diem in the offseason, but that ain't really nothing. Right. Nothing you can, like, nothing as an NFL player you can live off. Right. Like, you're getting, there's people that work at banks that make $1,500 a week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. $1,800 a week. So, that's your per diem in off season, and that's only during OTAs. You only get paid weeks one to 17, it. 18 now. It's changed now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 18 now. now. Yeah. You only get your full contract in that time. Yeah. So, like, I made money then, but now it's January, and I don't get another good check until September. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like Put that you, little have, light on. Yeah. you got to budget that through the whole time. And you can either be living off the money you made or you could be out there making more money. Right. And during, during I've only been in the league two years now, so I got some money saved up, but not nothing to I'll have to work when I'm done playing football for sure. Right, you know what right, I'm saying? right, right. So I was like, all right, we're done OTAs and stuff at like noon. You know, there's like three phases, right? So like the first phase, you're done at like noon. The final phase, you're done at like four. Either way, it's not a long day. Right. You know what I'm saying? And really, most of it, you're just sitting down. And then, yeah, you go work out. But then I was like, man, I'm trying to make some money. And that was right when, that was right when Uber first got to Miami to the point that like people were trying to stop it. Right. People were, right. Petition- companies there people, people were petitioning to, to get yeah. Uber removed from Miami. I know. I had to go to the city council <laughs> meetings and all that. Right. So I remember being there. So, oh, like, I, so I was like actively trying to make more money so that I could. Yeah. I mean, I had enough money to live off of. But I, I was 24, 25 years old living in Miami. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to have some money to spend, too. Right. So, right. so back then you could really make on one drive from Fort Lauderdale to Miami, you could easily make like 50 bucks. That's what you make, not the rate. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's what you could make. So it was like, <laughs> I used to be out there just riding people around. And then it blew up when I talked about it. So it was so crazy because like, it was like a punchline on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, yeah. I mean- and to this day, there's some offensive players on that team that are not a fan because the joke that he said was like, it was, I can't, I don't want to oh, say it. He was like, right. he said, oh, yeah. And, you know, another news, like, hey, Dolphins, A.J. Francis uh, started driving for Uber, blah, blah, blah. He was like, and it was like the first time the Dolphins offense has drove for more than 10 yards all game, all year. Oh. And I don't play offense. Oh, yeah, so, right, to me, so, I'm yeah, like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I'm like, that's hilarious. And then you went I, back to the locker room. And then the next day, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> What's up, AJ? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I ain't write the joke. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. You mad you gave him material? That's not on me. That's too funny. Right. Yeah, you gave him material. <laughs> yeah. right? Oh, that's funny. Now, now, do you still have your credentials? Nah, I need them. Yeah? I'm talking about the ride. I'm talking about the Uber credentials. I could. Yeah? I could. If I really wanted to, I really could. Like, yeah. I, they still owe me some residuals. I ain't get enough for that. Right. For, the, for, the, for the press that I garnered, I don't feel like I was... Properly compensated, but we can talk about that at another date. I mean, Big Seth, would you imagine Top Dollar scooping you up, man? Yeah, I'm trying to get a ride. Yeah. Right? You pick me up and Top Dollar pulls up. Man. And that was, that's why I showed You got to do that. I did. I did. I did it, and I was interviewing people. I even interviewed Olivier Vernon. It was like, I did like 10 episodes interviewing. It was some famous people. I did Billy oh, Corbin. That's, yeah, that's uh, Some famous people in Miami, and then just like random people that I would pick up, and I would just interview them. And the content team is getting all yeah. kinds of ideas back here. They might be uh, you know calling like, you back. Hey, I love man, that. Hey, I'm down. Hello, for sure. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs>
So, uh, you know, you talked a lot already about what it meant to make it mm -hmm. into WWE and the dream. And, but you were drafted into SmackDown mm -hmm. in your hometown. Yeah. So not only to get on your favorite TV show, Man, not only to crazy. idolize, but it, it was in Baltimore. It was destiny. It was really, it was like, it was funny because like before the draft, before I even knew the draft was that day, I go up to John Laurinaitis, who was um, handling the uh, dark matches at the time. And uh, I'm like, look, I could have did it way better way, but you know, I just like- You gotta to, be you. I gotta be me. Yeah. So I was like, look, man, I've been here for like a year. I see all these other people getting dark matches. I'm doing something really good right now with Hit Row. Like, can I get a dark match? Like my hometown is Baltimore. Like that would be cool. And he was like, it's your hometown's Baltimore? He was like, yeah, all right, cool, we'll do that. So I, that, I was already planning to go for that. Then we found out like two weeks later that it was gonna be the draft that night. And in my mind, I'm like, man, the draft's in Baltimore. Like, that would be cool to get drafted in hometown. Right. Like, that Did you have that. family there? Yeah, I, was, I had like 20 members of my family there. So it was like, I was like, man, that would be real cool to be able to do that, blah, blah, blah. Nice to be able to get a draft over again. Yeah, <laughs> I just had to change leagues. <laughs> you know, I had to change leagues to get drafted. Now I've been drafted twice this night now. You know what I'm saying? That's two more times I ever got drafted in the NFL. <laughs> right? So, 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 like when I was, uh, I was like, maybe it'll happen. Maybe you know, maybe the stars will align. And the more like we got closer to the date, I just kept getting little hints from people, and I was like, man, this might be coming. But even still, day of in the arena, still don't know what's gonna happen. And the only reason we found out is a true story, and nobody knows this. We were walking down the hallway, going to take pictures. And one of the executives from Fox was like, all right, oh, welcome to the team. Uh, we're going to be... Oh, you blew like, it. He's like, welcome to the team. We're going to be getting you in touch with a writer so you guys can talk about, you know, ideas that you have going forward. Da, da, da. And we're all like, do you know something that I don't know? Clearly. They were like, nobody told you? Like, nah. He was like, oh. Well, uh, you going to... Oh, shit. Right, right, right. <laughs> he's like, oh. Well, uh, yeah, you're going to be on SmackDown. And we're like... Wow. We're like, oh, thanks. That's amazing. Like, thank you. And then he walked away and then he go, we go around the corner. We're like, oh my God, did that really just happen? <laughs> right? Because awesome. in our mind, we're like, yeah, it'd be cool to get drafted tonight, but we don't really know. And to their credit, like they tried to keep it a secret right. because even after that, nobody told us we found out like when we got drafted that right. it was for real. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it was like. So there was still a little doubt. Was it yeah. like, okay. Because I mean, guy messing with if us? you ask anybody in WWE, things change all the time. Like it can change, it. it can change day of that quick, like it's just part of the business. And you being a professional is being able to make that work. Run the play. Yeah, run the play. Run the play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> run the play. For sure. You know, I want to know how much time you've had to basically invest in the development of Top Dollar from like mm -hmm. the creation of, of the name to music, mm -hmm. videos, of course your crew hit, mm -hmm. hit row, to even your signature moves that mm -hmm. you've developed. So how much time were you able to put into that part of your development? To be completely honest with you, I've been doing that my whole life. Yeah. So like, like I said, my goal was to be in WWE. I came up with the idea of, it wasn't called Top Dollar, but I came up with the idea of this character in like 2018. 2018, my boy has these crazy parties. And one of the things he does at the parties sometimes is he has wrestling shows, right? Okay. <laughs> That's crazy party. Crazy mansion parties in Florida. And one of the things he does is a wrestling show sometimes. And he was having one, and he was like, yo, I'm having a wrestling show. At this time, I didn't know my NFL career was over, for sure. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, this might be it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I'm still training, still getting calls for tryouts. You know what I'm saying? Like, trying to go work out with specific teams. This is during the season. I'm like, still available. Right. So I'm like, all right. He's like, come do the wrestling show. I go out there, and I have the time of my life. <laughs> that night, I came up with the idea because ever since I started shaving my head, and have this beard. When I wear red, people think that I'm Suge Knight. That's just. Yeah. That's, oh man, I didn't think about that. It, it really started yeah. after. It, it really started off to, after oh, the Straight Outta Compton movie came out because I kind of look like Suge Knight, but I definitely look like the guy that played Suge Knight in the movie. movie. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I took that idea and I was like, all right. I was like, Suge Knight is an imposing character, and it's exactly what I'm envisioning for myself. Right. Right? So I'm like, that's, that's it. My character's name became Sugar Bear because that's what Sugar Knight used to be called as a kid. He was called Sugar Bear. Sugar Bear. And my crew was called The Row. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like I was right on the nose with it. And right. this is right. Right. So you created this, this was just a concept. Concept. I'm, I'm wrestling at 
this show for the first time in 2018 at this party. And I'm wearing a death row t-shirt and a death row chain. And I come out with big glasses and I'm, su I'm sugar bear. Oh and gosh. I win the battle royal to become the number one contender. And I go in the back and the guys who had been wrestling for 10 years at that point, they're like, oh, so, you know, where'd you train? And I'm like, oh, no, nah, bro, I've never trained. Like, this is my first match. They were like, oh, so this is like your home promotion? Like, you, this is where you work? And I'm like, nah, bro, oh, this, is, you were like, this <laughs> is my first time I've ever done this. They were like, that was your first time? I was like, yeah. They were like, because I did little things that I knew, like a little dude tried to pick me up and I like didn't let him. And that's like a big thing in wrestling. Like if someone much smaller than you tries to pick you up, you don't let them. Right. Like you, you might let them later after you showed that they can't do it. Right, right, right. right? But you, the first time a little person tries to pick you up, you cut that off. <laughs> right. right? Like, I know that though as a fan. So like I did that and they were like, man, like that was, I didn't know that you, you would be ready to do that. Like, and I'm talking to them. They're like, I'm not telling you what to do because at this point during the conversation, they heard that I'm still training, trying to get back in the NFL. It was like, but you should probably look into wrestling school. And it was like, in my brain, it was like, why am I not in wrestling school right now? Yeah. This is what I wanted to do my right. whole life. You know what I'm saying? So like immediately, now I got the character, I got the plan, I got a place that I can wrestle whenever I want. And then like, uh, I go to wrestling school, I start training, and then I'm just testing out ideas for what eventually became Hit Row. I'm just testing out my ideas in front of a live audience. Uh, so I was working on these characters and I'm working on these ideas of stuff I can do. And I'm in red every day. Every day I'm wearing red. My car's red. I literally bought a red car. Like I was like, <laughs> just building the character. I'm building yeah. the character. So then I get to WWE and I have this idea of this character, but I don't have like a group of people to make it with yet. So I'm doing my own thing. And then there's a guy named Katz. He put me together with Brianna B-Fab and Tahuti Ashante the Adonis. Um, and the three of us created what is now Hit Row. But it was The Row. But it, it was called The Row yeah. and we changed it to Hit Row. Yeah. And we did that for, you know, a year. And then they added uh, Swerve to our crew right before uh, we debuted. And the four of us debuted as Hit Row. Now, that whole time, I'm also still working out the kinks. Because now I went from doing it in front of 150 people at somebody's house to now in NXT, I got to do it in front of 500 wrestling fans. That's a completely different. But you're wrestling. literally like producing this whole thing. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I mean, it's. Yeah. it's no, I, you have to, that's how it, that's how you know it's real. That's how, that's why it works. Because like nobody is force feeding anything. You know what right. I'm saying? Like wrestling fans can tell when you are not being you. Right. If you're trying to do something that is not you, they can tell. They've seen everybody. They've seen everything. There's not anything, like we're not new as rappers. We were just new as like a rap group. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that was what we brought. But how many, is it a common thing that someone shows up into that world and they literally have produced this whole concept of character, storyline? No. I mean, not really, because a lot of times some people don't have the ability to create that character. That's why Vince McMahon is important. That's why Triple H is important. That's why these other people who their job is, how can I use this person in the show? Right. That's, that's what I kind of assumed right. it was. That, so I think it's Yeah. Some people, and I'm not the only person that pretty much created, but you got to have like everything that Roman Reigns does is like, he's like, this is what I want to do. And that's why he, it's the greatest storyline of all time with the bullet line right now, because yeah. it's authentic. You believe it. It makes sense. They're good actors. They're good wrestlers. They're great performers. You know what I'm saying? So like, it just builds and builds and builds. And now all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can't take my eyes off this. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's a very interesting, because you know, you think about it, your development of your character mm -hmm. and all that you've done to develop your character, I mean, it's, it's interesting to me because the wrestling world always hasn't been very kind to men of color. Oh, sometimes, You know right? what I mean? And, um, you know, and it's it's interesting timeline talking about all, how you've developed yours, at least, man. So how's it feel that they give you that that freedom, that reign to develop this dude? It's and, awesome. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's pure belief yeah. in us. Like, we do a lot of times what are called dark matches where it's the first thing the paying public sees, right, for the show. It's not on TV, but... It's the first thing they see. Your job is to go out there and get the crowd excited for the next people, because the show's about to start, right. and the crowd's gotta already be up and ready to go when the show starts. It's like almost before yeah. the opening yeah. act. Literally, like, yeah. so it's like, it's this is you, you gotta get them going. Right. Like, here you go. 
and they give us the ball. And they say, they say what do you want to do? And they say, all right, let us talk for two minutes, hit the music of whoever you want us to face tonight, and come out and we'll make magic. And that's, like, that's a big responsibility. But they never ask us what we're going to say. Right. Sometimes right. to the point that we say something and then we get in the back and they're like, hey, tone it down a little bit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So like, but they give you the ability to toe the line. They give you the opportunity to be like, go do it. And then we've done it so many times with so many different talent. And it's like, at the same time, you're sharpening your sword the whole time, sharpening your sword. So when you finally get that, who, like when we did the one in Madison Square Garden with LA Knight, that went completely viral. LA Knight is on top of the wrestling world right now. So we were given an opportunity to do a segment with LA Knight, who's on top of the wrestling world in Madison Square Garden. Right. As the, the first thing the people heard when Madison Square Garden show started was the hit row interest music. Like right. that is a huge opportunity. So like some people don't take advantage of those opportunities. If you're, I'm never not going to take advantage of an opportunity ever. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm here now. That's why I got to the Dolphins. Like I'm, I'm going to make take advantage of this. Like I don't live in, I don't live in Miami no more. I could, but I don't live in my like I live in Orlando. But you, you had this idea. You wanted to do this. I was like, man, yeah, I can definitely come down. Like yeah, and we I would have settled for yeah. video conference. And I didn't yeah. want that. Yeah, like, I'm that's, so glad I, you know what I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's probably why you know you mentioned a little bit about Triple H. Mm-hmm. Be yourself. Yeah. You know, because yourself is what we're looking for, because nobody can be you. No, and, and the cool thing is, like, he knows that. Yeah. That's the cool thing to me is that, like, the first video I ever sent him, because, you know, he's the boss. So, like. And it's Triple H, by the yeah, way. Yeah, right. 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 So, I grew up idolizing that dude. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, DX is, like, a big part of my childhood. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, be able to, like, be on that kind of basis with him is crazy to me from Jump Street. But then for him to be, like, yeah, like don't don't write for them. Like let them do this. Like he, the first time I sent him a video, he showed it to Stephanie, and then I had a, a video conference call with them, and they were talking about how much they loved it. Like that was the first thing he seen. So like that was March 2020. You know what I'm saying? So now we're three years later. Like proof is in the pudding. Like he, <laughs> I, I just love juice. We were just talking about Joe Philbin and Randy Starks and Karen Wake, and he's like, yeah, so Triple H, and he called Stephanie. And right. I mean, just like <laughs> these circles that you're navigating are great. So I got two quick things, and then we got a quick segment okay, that we're right. going to get through here. But SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I mean, here we are. It's, oh, and boy, it is hot. Yeah. It is hot right now. Yeah. What's going on with SummerSlam? SummerSlam, it's uh, in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, it's going to be packed. Probably the biggest SummerSlam of all time, like I said. Um, it's... Uh, it might be the culmination of the bloodline storyline that's been going on three years. I don't know of another storyline that's ever lasted this long. Like between Jay Uso and Roman Reigns, like, and and you know Jim Uso is involved in Solo Sokoa and Paul Heyman, like there there's and even Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. These guys, they're all part of this storyline going along. But like the fact that you know Roman is in the main event of SummerSlam with his cousin and they cultivated this whole thing. They put the work in, they made made sure it got deeper, more in depth, wove the web to be able to create it to this point where like, you're gonna sell out a gigantic arena with your family member right across right. the street, like right across the ring from you. And it's also not the first time they've done that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. <laughs> they do it right. every single time. So awesome. Whether we're in London, um, whether we're in Cardiff, whether we're in Puerto Rico, it doesn't matter. Like for now to have the opportunity to have the biggest party of the summer in Detroit and, you know, Detroit's a cool city to, yeah. I almost went there for $7,000. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? Cool city. It's cool. <laughs> almost went there for $7,000. It's much better in the summer than the winter. You know what I'm saying? Much better. You know, so it's in this, you know, summer slash area. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> I still can't get over that. All right. And the other thing is we just saw they rolled out the newest series of WWE action figures. Yeah. So San Diego Comic-Con, they roll these things out and you're seeing you're seeing figures. Hulk Hogan's got a figure in there. You're seeing some all-timers and there he is, Pioneer City across On the chest. chest. <laughs> dollar action figure Man. is coming out. What does that mean to you as the kid who at three years old was telling your dad how many kickouts there had to be? Uh-huh. Tell you. To have an action figure. <laughs> that kids can go buy at, you know, at the toy store or whatever it might be 
and you're repping Pioneer City. It means everything to me, man. It's like my whole family has been around Pioneer City pretty much my whole life. Like my Nana Stillo's over there. So it's like, there's not a lot of good representation of Pioneer City. If you Google Pioneer City, you're gonna get crime rates. You're gonna get uh, murder stories. You're gonna get robberies. That's what you're gonna find if you Google Pioneer City. But I'm changing that narrative by being able to represent something good for an area that is full of good people, but they just lack opportunity. And even like smaller, but it's not just me. Like uh, my cousin Kyle, he owns Tunnel Vision. Uh, he just built a new basketball court in the back of Me Village. And now they do like a summer league out there. And it's like, we're actively trying to change the narrative of the community that we came up in. And for me to be able to walk in to Walmart or Target or any big brand and see an action figure of me, and it looks great by the way, buy as many as you possibly can afford. But to have pun, because now, like, you know, I understood like every character has to grow. Like, if I'm really the Hit Row CEO, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need to have Hit Row across my chest. Yeah. So all my jerseys now have Hit Row across my chest. That's why I have this Hit Row chain, right? So, like, I understood that growth. But when I, first started wrestling, I just wanted to rep where I was from. I wanted to show the people but where I was from. they put that on the figure. That's what I'm saying, yeah. that you can do something too. You don't, like you can do something, make something of your life. And I'm able to do that with the action figure, proof is in the pudding, I got you right here. Like, that's amazing. you know what I'm saying? And it was cool when it was on SmackDown too. Like that was cool too, like don't get me wrong, but like the action figure just takes it next level because it's like, something attainable that they can see and look at and be like, I cannot believe this is really exists. And it does. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. And it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Mattel. If you didn't know. <laughs> Shout out Mattel. I love it. That, Juice, how many UDFA defensive linemen have action figures? Man, talk about it. Probably none. Yeah, I, I'm I sure John We're, Randall might have got a couple. Yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> there's a bobbleheads, but yeah, I don't know about the action figures. <laughs> yeah, that is here. so cool. <laughs> All right, AJ, I, I know these days you know more about three counts than a two-minute drill. Oh, man. But we're going to take you back, you know, to your, your former life as a football okay. player and throw some, some quick hitters at you cool. in a little, you know, fish tank two-minute drill. Cool. All right? Crew's going to put up a couple minutes on the clock. Yeah. All right? You're the most recent Miami Dolphin turned professional wrestler, but do you know who was the first? No, I do not. But if I had to guess, it would probably be like Kim Bocamper. <laughs> I love yeah, that you guys both. Like yeah, more yeah, Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah. Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, played, that he is played right, linebacker yeah. from 66 to 68. Oh, that's and crazy. And he's, he's in the Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah right? I, didn't, I didn't know he was on the Dolphins. Yeah, he was a Dolphin. <laughs> I did not know that. The that's Dolphins cool. linebacker, WWE Hall of Famer now. Okay, so as a wrestling historian, who does Top Dollar say is the greatest wrestler of all time? The Rock. And because wrestling is Shocker. all about, if wrestling is all about getting the audience involved and nobody does it better. Right. All right, Big Seth mentioned it a few times. You dabbled in music theater in high school between... Guys and Dolls, mm -hmm. West Side Story, or Annie. Okay. What was your greatest stage performance? Oh, man. It would have to be, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Guys and Dolls. Yeah, okay. Because I had a bigger role. And, like, you know, I could say West Side Story because I was Officer Krupke and there's a whole song about me. But, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Big Julie and West Side, Sto West Side Story. I got a, I mean, uh, in Guys and Dolls, I had a bigger role, so I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Did you sing? Did you get up there and sing? Of course, I was. I was always up there singing. Man, come on, I man. Love it. I love well, it. Man. And I always had to play an adult role because I'm with people my age, but compared to them, I look like an adult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How yeah. big were you at, at that age? And in high school, yeah. my first day of high school, I was like six three, two seventy. Oh, oh yeah. Man. yeah, you yeah. weren't yeah. playing yeah. 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 Oh, That is too funny. Okay, last question: If Hit Row expanded the roster for one more member. But it had to be one of your former Miami Dolphins teammates. Ooh. Who would you add to the row? Man, I would definitely add Dolphins teammates or the D lineman. One of uh, any Dolphins teammate. Mm, then I would probably I, you could say Earl Mitchell because he's really big into wrestling. He's yeah. a big wrestling fan. But I would probably actually say Paul Soliot because if I add somebody to the crew, yeah, and they're big, they got to be bigger than me. You okay. know what I'm saying? Right. You sense. know what I'm saying? Like I'm already big, so if they're big, they got to be bigger than me. So Paul Soliot. Paul Soliot. That is a two minute drill. I hope he can rap. 
<laughs> oh, you don't have to. You don't yeah. have to. You just stand yeah. back there. Yeah. 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 You see those guys on stage, yeah. right? Yeah, we oh, all oh, black man. on. Just here. I love it. Oh, that is too funny. Earl Mitchell's probably pissed. He just gave up this spot, but he'll be all right. He definitely can give him tickets to the show. Give him tickets to the show. Well, he is AJ Francis, otherwise known as Top Dollar. And man, it was so awesome to have you in the first time. No, man, thank this you for having a lot me, of fun. Man. This was a lot of fun. And uh, who hotter than Top Dollar? Not nada. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for diving in, Top nah, Dollar. I appreciate you. I'm going to swim, too. All right. <laughs> You're now diving into the fish tank. Sitting down with Seth Living, Seth. OJ, Juice, Juice Man, ooh, and this is strictly for them true fans, yeah. dog fans, number one, one, of course y'all, this ain't no ordinary sports talk, dive up in that fish tank, go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank, it's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank, rocking with OJ and Seth when you dive up in that fish tank, Celebrate big or cry hard. Leave it all on the field. We're gonna try hard. Old school, a new school. Mix it in. Feeling like we up close when we listening. Dolphins tales in Miami is the deep end. We vibing with our favorite players. No secret. We get with Seth and McDuffie. Bringing up stories we never heard to the public. Bet we love it. Dolphins fans never budget. We loyal to the team. Whether happy or we upset. We be like, what's next? Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you ready for that water, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. And if you down with Dolphins Nation, time to dive in. Don't switch the subject. You know it's all about the fans. You looking at that fish tank. It's time to dive in. fish tank. Go get your aqua orange, yeah, it's time to dive up in that fish tank. It's only legendary talking when you dive up in that fish tank. Rapping with OJ and Seth, time to dive up in that fish tank.